that's going to wow. be that's going to be super cool. Um, yeah, well, I just I just read something uh, that was posted that said that uh, Microsoft is like, hey, look, we're going to figure this out and we're going to embed this, you know, chat GPT type AI learning, some kind of aspect of it in Word, Excel and yep. and uh, oh, yeah, uh, Outlook. I mean, yeah. you know, it, it's going to happen. And, and that that sort of gets me to, uh, you know, something that I've been thinking about a lot. So my background, I, I practice law for a while, discovered the educational thing that I told you about earlier that that made me, you know, get more excited and realize, oh, I like creating things that people actually want to come to and enjoy. And I like, especially they come into CLE with very low expectations. And I'm like, well, I can meet those and exceed them. In fact, <laughs> low hanging fruit. Hey, it's not going to suck. Watch this. Yeah, yeah. Um, We're going to have fun. We're exactly. Have fun. Yeah. Uh, and, and we did and we have. Um, and then I actually got to teach law school for a few years while we had one here in Charlotte. And then it was not well managed. That's a whole long story. But I got back into practice. So I still do teaching and training, kind of moving that direction. But and that's part of what the book is, which you've been so kind as to say that you would actually uh, we, we've talked around. And, and a lot of what you've talked about is uh, relevant on that subject, because a thing that's fascinated me and what's what I've uh, worked on, even though all our CLE programs were designed to get ethics credit, professional responsibility credit, mental health and well-being credit, North Carolina had that requirement long before other states did. But what we've been talking about the whole time and trying to really bring to the forefront is um, uh, thinking about things in a different way, seeing things in a different way, thinking about what used to be called, and I hate the word soft skills, but going into the, the, the power skills, what you mentioned earlier, the emotional intelligence, yeah. the tuning into, hey, how are how is my client doing with this? How are clients experiencing this, you know, process? Um, how are we relating to one another in a law firm? You know, how is how are we doing that, and are we being purposeful? I remember when I, I joined the faculty of the Charlotte School of Law, and they said we are going to intentionally we are intentionally creating a faculty culture here that is what we want because if we're not mm. purposeful about that. We will have a culture, but it will be the default. <laughs> and we, yeah. we don't yeah. want that. It's like, no. I've never heard anybody talk this way because I was mm -hmm. an English major. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. while my friends were in business school learning this stuff. I'm yeah. reading poetry. So yeah. um, <laughs> the abstracts. Yes, exactly. Which, which is it's really fascinating is that now. So one of the things I say is, you know, really the laws of the law. What yeah. the client cares about is how they feel along the way. Yes. And that's, um, I think, it, would you say that's true across areas of practice, right? Yes. Yes. But uh, that I think is missed. And, 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 and the way I can conceptualize it, having taught law school and, and at law school where we were trying to be different, trying to do different, but they come in and the first thing they tell you is forget your sympathy, forget your emotions, forget your feelings. You got to learn to do legal analysis, which needs to happen. You need to be able to do legal analysis. That is true. You need to say, okay, how do I issue spot all that stuff? The problem is, most law schools, and I know mine was that way, and I went to great law school and I loved it, but they never come back around and say, okay, now before you go out into the world and we unleash you, you need to remember now that you will never rep represent anybody who's not a person. Even yeah. if you're representing a company, they, they have agents, they're people, and people have emotions, and, and that whole, you know, how people feel is actually important. And if you're going to get cases resolved or settled or know how to advocate well, you actually do need, we should teach them psychology at the end. You know, say, hey, mm -hmm. now, you know, pay attention to these <laughs> things also and put them in your tool chest with your legal analysis because guess what? This is the money. This is actually what's going to help with business oh. development. This is what's going to help with actual client service, with marketing. Um, yeah. And, and it, you know, uh, law school uh, trains you 
to think about outcomes. Yes. Legal outcomes. But quite frankly, um, a client can be upset about an objectively good outcome. Yes. And so it's really fascinating. I'll have clients will ask me like, is this a good or bad outcome? I'm like, it just is. I mean, it's how you react to it or how you felt empowered or your understanding leading up to that outcome um, is really the thing that matters. And one of the things that we're working on is the more you create efficiency, the more you use technology and with, you know, with coming with AI and everything is it frees up human capacity to do things that humans do. Yes. Yes. Um, Brilliant. Well, and I love what I love about what you're saying too is it, it's capturing something. So the last five six years uh, of my practice, since I you know left teaching law school, the the practice that I've had has been collaborative family law, and it, it's not a straight up family law practice. It's actually trying to be completely different. The mindset from the start is you hire a collaborative lawyer. Let's get your spouse to hire a collaborative lawyer quick before they go hire somebody who's going to you know start going to court and going crazy. Let's get resolution-minded lawyers, in fact, lawyers who are committed to resolution so much that if you decide this process isn't working, you don't like it, then we're out and you go yeah. find the ball busters, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Good luck. And it, it it makes a difference. It's not a perfect solution, but as I've waded a little bit into, I've had you know some cases that have ended up having a, a court aspect, a litigation aspect, and I've been shocked at how unmindful of the client experience so many family lawyers I've encountered wow. are like the client does not understand what's going on. And, and we're in this world that, yeah, there's a calendar call and you're subpoenaed and all this stuff. And, and we just, it's de rigueur. It's what we are you know used to. And we know, and there's gracious little, uh, the good ones do it. There are good family lawyers who do it, but like who say, Hey, look, let me communicate with you proactively. Here's what's on the docket. Here's what's happening. Here's how this is going to work. All that handholding stuff. But the, the user experience in family law, Generally speaking, people must find terrible because there's a boatload. It's one of the most underserved areas because most people are like, I can't afford a lawyer or I don't want to deal with that, but I still have to go through the process. And and they're representing themselves right and left. I don't know if y'all have that same phenomenon there, but everywhere. Yeah. I mean, it's it's um a lot of it has to do with the mindset of are you working with your client? For your client or against your client. Yes. And a lot of you know the difference. Yeah. And, uh, you know, um, and just your client. Yeah. And so, well, and that's, that's what bugs me. What I've started realizing is a lot of clients don't know the difference and they wouldn't know the difference because they're not trained in it. And I've, I've recognized, God, I could just tell them anything, couldn't I? And get myself off the hook, but that's not good. That I like, I don't want to be that way. I don't want to be known for that, but I see it happening a lot where people are like, yeah, that's just the way I get calls all the time. Like, people unhappy with their lawyer because like they didn't tell them what was coming. They didn't tell them what was possible. And then they get this terrible outcome or, or terrible, you know, procedural decision that, or, or procedural change that feels, you know, huge and it may not be, but nobody's prepared them for it. And nobody's walking with them in the process. Exactly. And it takes active participation. Yes. Um, and so this is one of the things that we focus on in the intake is, with people who want to just hand everything over to the attorney, not going to work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because then they're disempowering themselves. Right. Allows them to feel like, continue to feel like the victim of the situation. 
they any outcome that happens, they're confused. They don't like right. it. They won't be happy with that at the yeah. end. Yeah. And they can kind of um, disengage from the process or outcomes until and then they can say, well, I really didn't know what was going on. I hand it all to you. Yeah. And, I, and and then it's like, and then when it goes south or doesn't go right, it's like, wait, yeah. I trusted you. I thought you were on this. Yeah. Right. Or, you know, it's not a good setup for us. Yeah. And so I've really flipped the script of even when someone is onboarded, I say, welcome to the team. As um, a, you say that to a client. Yes. I love it. And I tell I love people, it. like, we're going to make this easy. It's not going to be easy necessarily, right? We're going to make the process as easy as possible. Yeah. We're going to bring efficiency to what we can. And we're going to identify, hey, there's certain things that we have to, we have to jump through these hoops. We have to do it this way, you know, but, but everything that we have control of, you know, we can bring some efficiency to the process. Exactly. And some attorneys, the first thing they tell people is, is confirms their fear and bias of this will be hard. Mm. So then the people seek out opportunities to further confirm that bias and then they make it hard. Yeah. Yeah. You get, and, get, get what seeds you, you get the fruit of the yeah. seeds you plant. You get entrenched. And so, you know, it's, yeah, these, these simple psychological expectation setting um, words yes. really and messaging um, has been, been beneficial and when we stray from that, it always is to our detriment. Yes, yes, yes. It's very wow. obvious. Uh-huh. That's huge. Well, Patrick, that's all good stuff too. I may put that in a in, in a podcast episode as well. I really want to be sensitive <laughs> yeah. to your time. Let me ask. I love I love this stuff. Hey, hey, Chris. I you know here's the thing is like I could just do this all day every day. Like well, if, I, if I if I could just. It's really fat. Don't put this on a podcast. No, I won't. I won't. But, is, yeah. but, but, you know, I've reached the stage of my career and with what I've been doing in my, even in law school, like I had a big beard, long hair. I looked like a hippie, like, <laughs> you know, like, and I went to a traditional law school. I went to yeah, the you, you University Illinois, of right? Illinois, yeah. you know, like pretty traditional, cool law school, actually. Yeah. Um, very collegial which is, okay. unco- which is uncommon. Um, but yeah, I mean, since that time, I've just always like had an opportunity to clerk for a judge. I had an opportunity. I could have worked for Kirkland and Ellis. I could have done all those things. And I was like, that's not me. That's yeah, just but you not- knew that what's beautiful is that you knew that you knew yourself enough to be able to say no. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, um, being, I was a creative writing major, like I said, in college. And one of the things you have to do a lot of is a lot of self-work and be okay with someone criticizing you right there to your face. Yes. And so it requires you to, yeah, get to know yourself. And I graduated undergrad with a creative writing degree during the economic crisis of 2009. Oh, so, gosh. What timing? Um, horrible timing. I mean, yeah. horrible timing. Yeah. And so, so yeah, I've kind of reached a stage in my legal career where substantively, like the substantive practice of law yeah. is boring. 
you know. preaching to the choir, man. <laughs> you know, and, <laughs> all the things. Well, I'll tell you what changed for me is I used to love the fight. I used to love arguing, and sh- that was how I showed I was smart. And I can beat you, and I can outthink you, and I can outfight <laughs> yeah. you. Yeah. And somewhere along the way, I lost. I'm like, that's not as much. I don't. I'm, I don't get as much juice out of that. I don't get as much thrill out of that. Partly because I lost sometimes. sometimes i lost when i shouldn't have sometimes i won when i wasn't sure i should have you know i'm like this is a lot less driven by my merit than i thought sometimes i have a a good client with a bad case or a bad client with a bad case sometimes you know depending on how much client autonomy or choice i had in in choosing it but i don't care for the argument as much anymore it's part of why i'm i'm more of a i'm a mediator and collaborative lawyer because i'm like I would like to have a conversation about interests and problem solving that, that I'm interested in doing, which is sort of what you're talking about. You're, you're on a macro level talking about how do I solve legal problems and, and the problem of the delivery of legal services, you know, in a creative way. Sure. I like, Uh, I like running a uh, law firm. I love, I love the trying to figure out systems. I love trying to figure out efficiencies Yes. Um, I've always been good at this. Like, hey, if something can take 50 steps, let's try doing it in 10. Yes. And that's a power um, skill. That is, and that, but that is something that is, has, has, has not always, it was it, until recent years, hasn't at all been valued in law. Like, because there's no incentive to make your processes huh. better. It's like, oh, here's another motion for summary judgment. I need to write a new brief for this client and make sure it's tailored to their situation. Yeah. Even though there may be 20 in the daggum brief bank that will help it, you know, that could almost write itself. Um, I, yeah, I, I could value, I have, could value yeah. bill it, which is what yes. some firms do. So you're, you are fully um, flat fee. Everything your firm does is, are you all flat fee on no. everything? We're not because, so estate planning is. Yeah. Most of bankruptcy is. Okay. Um, litigation is not. Litigation's the, 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 yeah, a little trickier um, to, to do. That's hard. That's, it's possible. Variables. It's yeah. possible. But it's exactly because estate planning and bankruptcy are really not, they're not adversarial. Right, right. And it's a form-based, process-based. Right, right, right. You can pretty much know what the outcome and what's going to happen. Right. And you can bring efficiency to it. Yeah. Litigation, the problem is you don't know, um, you have judge, judge, other party, other, other lawyers and counsel. Yeah. Um, Um, scope of the case can vary widely um yeah nobody's um, figured that figured that out yet um for some sure. have some have done it there's a in nebraska there's an attorney he does it like um it's like an a la carte menu okay i've deal. seen yeah some things that's hard because like that. of scope scope creep right right and like yeah and that's this, but not that. But yeah, so I'm, I'm kind of at the point now in my career. I started a thing called Newfangled. Um, okay. And what is uh, it? Tell me about what Newfangled is. So the idea behind that is a coaching consulting business uh, for attorneys um, who are looking to go out on their own. Okay. Differently, or they have a firm and they're like, I want to just do this in a new way. Yeah. Because there's a lot of attorneys that want to. Right. Don't know where to start. Like I've had yes. so many conversations with people like what you're doing. I can't even do it. I'm like, dude, it's not hard. Like, like this isn't difficult. The barrier to entry right, right, right. of this stuff, like cost wise, this is not that it's not expensive. It's not hard. 
what I'm even suggesting even for like getting clients is just meeting other attorneys. It's fun. Right. Like go to lunch with attorneys. <laughs> right. Go, you know? Well, and, and what, what you're doing though, is I think it's, it's a beautiful thing because you people, I, I, I God, this is resonating on so many different levels, Patrick. I, I'm not even going to be able to capture it, but <laughs> in, in this conversation is helpful. Like yeah. you said, I could, yeah, I could have a conversation like this all day. This is fun. That's what I'm trying to figure out. How do I do that? Yeah. How do, um, how, how do I, how do I take this energy? Cause now I've yes. been on a, I've been on a couple podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, this is the thing that energizes me. Yes. That, uh, at the end of the day, I'm like, how do I do that? Yes. Um, and make it worthwhile. Yeah. For the, it, for the, yeah. People on both. For, yeah. For the other person, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. This is what you're well, trying to figure here, out. I'm trying to figure out a lot of people are trying to figure out. I here's think. a way to capture it though, yeah. because I, I, I'm sitting here as I'm, you know, making a pivot sort of to coaching, teaching, training. That's what this book is kind of about. Yeah. We're going to get to here. Yep. And Part of what uh, what I think you're doing, which is helpful, is what what some of the best things that I see out there are. Hey, there's a lot of solutions. There's a lot of options. There's a lot of ways to organize a firm. There's a lot of price management systems. There's a lot of this, this, that, and it can get overwhelming. And oh, yeah. sort of like being sort of a guide to say, hey, I've like tested twenty or ten or something <laughs> like that. I've I've made it work, and here's my data because that's my question. I get solicited yeah. for new technology and stuff all the time, and the first thing I say is, "Show me your data on you know you say this is going to make this more blah 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 blah. You know, can can I hear from people who are using it? Can I see their numbers? Um, because they mm. all look really good, and and you know I'm I'm trying to figure out a, <laughs> yeah. a you know a platform or whatever. Uh, I got to think carefully. Yeah. I got to teach. I got all these things. I want to know, you know, uh, who's going to support me through adapting to it. And you, 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 mm. you have this presence that I could see a, you can say, look, here's what we've done. I'll be transparent about here's how much, here's what's worked. Here's what hasn't. And, and there is, I think there's, I think lawyering is going to be taking on more of a coaching aspect to it. Um, oh. because it's oh. the, I've been there and I know how to do this piece of it that AI can't do. AI can summarize oh. and chat DBT can write a oh, killer brief and pass the bar and all this, <laughs> but it can't yeah. say, I know what it's like to stare down judge so-and-so on this kind of adversary yeah. hearing, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And that experience, if you can be a guide for that and say, Hey, look, I, you know, here's why I chose Clio and here's what it has for and against or all that sort of thing. I think you'll find ways to do that. Um, for oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And all law technology, it's amazing right now is like 90% done, but it's 90%. at 10, you know? Yeah. Oh, like Clio is almost there. Yeah. But it's not all quite of there. Them are almost there. Yeah. Uh, Lawmatics almost there. So close, yes. not quite there. And so it's really fascinating in this space is that my feedback to them has been like, you're so close. Yes. Can you why, think about this? Here's why your developers are this thing just like doesn't quite work how we yeah. use it in practice. So yeah. close. And then it's I've frustrating. Worked, uh, yeah. I've worked with a great uh, software developer. Uh, Detour.life has created an outstanding product in the family law space for yeah. financial records and financial Ooh. information exchange and Ooh. management. And one of the best things is the the CEO and founder has been locked in listening to, hey, what tweaks do you need? Oh, if mm. this doesn't fit how you're doing it, okay, how do we incorporate that in? Uh, and they're responsive and that sort of thing. And you love to see that. Like, hey, look, 
we need it to work this way is, is huge. Real quick, before we get actually to the book, have yeah. you met Ari Kaplan or have you encountered him in uh, the LinkedIn space yet? I don't think so. Okay. I want to get you connected to Ari because Ari, Ari basically is uh, part of what he does is he connects people for a living. Basically he's at ABA. I think he's at tech week right now or whatever's going on right now. He's using ABA tech show, but he's always has conversations with people, podcasts, and he is, um, uh, He's just a, that connector. I, I'm not sure exactly what all lines of business actually make money for him. I do not know, <laughs> but I know he's just known yeah. and, and people respect sure. him and he connects tech people with other tech people and all, and he'd be somebody good for you to know. I think y'all would, would vibe very strongly. Um, awesome. Very well, guy. thank you. I well, let me that. ask you a couple of questions. Yeah, let's go. Let's go to the, let's go to the book. Let's go to the real <laughs> stuff here. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the book is as a, and it's a work in process. Uh, and some of these conversations, I have sort of ideas and things that I want to say and leverage from years past of teaching and training and facilitating workshops with lawyers. So I've listened to lots of lawyers and and we try to bring solutions that that are helpful to them in their practices. Not like, oh, go become a marathoner right now. Do it. You know, it's like, well, no, what are little things you can do to try to, you know, uh, have better satisfaction, practice all of that. Um so, but but I'm excited to and appreciate you know you coming on and 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 being able to talk and and, and what I want to hear about is so the the, the topic is sort of uh, lawyers being overwhelmed and trying to navigate practice and law firm life or agency life or government life or whatever it is and their personal lives as well. I think there's a myth of sort of compartmentalization, like just leave it all at the office and leave it all mm -hmm. at home, and like I don't know anybody who can do that without some purposefulness to it. I'm not saying you you let them bleed over and you don't have boundaries, but but we have to take care of ourselves in both regards. So I would say, uh, you know, what what would you say are the biggest challenges that you faced sort of in navigating work and life? I'm assuming you have a personal life. It sounds like you do, <laughs> but I mean, tell me a little bit about that. I actually work from my house. So no. okay, nice. Um, the challenges. But, so yeah. So the cha so challenges are I work from home, right? Exclusively. Um, and I'm married and okay. I have two sons. How old? Uh, uh, my oldest son will be eight next week. And then I have a three and a half year old boy. Okay. Boy, so boys. you're in the middle of it. Wow. Yeah. I'm in the thick of it. Um, and so for me, it's that, you know, where I work is where I live. Right. Um, and it's a, uh, I'm my own boss. And so there are both pros and cons to that. Right. 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 I have the flexibility to work when I want to work, work how I want to work. Right. But the challenge is sometimes that um, kind of voice inside your head. That's like, well, I'll just check that email. Like, just yes. Do it. And um, so one of the things I, I did was, gosh, now this was probably eight, eight, nine months ago. But around that time, I stopped using my iPhone. Genius. I had my I had my wife change the passcode. Nice. I don't even know what it is. Wow. I have spent zero time doom scrolling the Internet in that time. Ooh. ooh, ooh so. So when you when you are going into work mode, you make a purposeful decision to go to whatever desk or setup you're at yep. now, and you are yep. in work mode, and you don't let it. That's one way to not let it sort of you know 
well, let me check on this while I've got the daggum handheld thing in my hand. Yep. I'm dialed in. Okay. Like when I'm sitting here at this desk, I'm doing work. Right. Um, and this is a, this was a, it was a challenge because I didn't have a specific place to work okay. in my house. I was working in my son's bedroom. Oh gosh. So it wasn't my space. It was really his right. space, but right, it right. had a desk and it had a window that looked outside. And my wife's like, how about you just put a desk in our bedroom? There you go. And so that's what I've done. So yeah, the challenges are just the, um, it's not that I can't like turn off. Like I don't work on the weekends. I've yeah. never, I've never worked on the weekends. Wow. Ever. Not once in law school. I didn't study on the weekends. That's impressive. When I, when, when I took the bar exam, I didn't study on the weekend. Wow. So I, I've really for years and years have kind of built into the structure of my day. These tenants, I just won't break. Okay. And what, what are those? Uh, it's off topic, but go ahead because they're good. <laughs> like I said, like, um, Generally, I don't work past five. Okay. I don't work on holidays. I don't work on vacation. I don't work on the weekend. Okay. Hard stop. Will not do it. Okay. Um, and so it allows me to be present. Right? right. Like I get, I have the opportunity, like I eat breakfast every morning with my sons. Yeah. I take my oldest son to and from school every day. Um, I go to activities with my kids. You know, it's I am right. able to dial in when I need to dial in. Right. And 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 when and when you when you you basically um wherever you are, whatever it is you're doing, it's got all your attention. That's the that's the that's intention. The goal. That's the yeah. goal. Yeah. Now the challenge of that is like you said, like attorneys, we are conditioned to think in the process. And I'm a thinker. Sure. I'm a ideation is one of my top strengths. Um, and so one of the things that I just enjoy and I'm good at is obviously running through ideas in my head. Yeah. Well, that has a downside. Sure. Because you always have a, a, a running <laughs> scrolling in your head. Right. You know, and yeah. sometimes the, you wake up in the morning and that case, you know, that situation, that client interaction is just there. Right. And so that's a challenge for me. It's not, it's, it's that my own natural disposition, how I'm designed right, is to have this constant thinking mind. Right. And it's, there's not a switch to be like, well, now I'm going to think about doing pottery instead of this complicated bankruptcy case. Right. Your, your brain's not designed to just have that on and off switch to me. Right. You've got to make a, a purposeful transition. Right. Yes. Um, so what would you say as you have and you're a person with a strong commitment to boundaries, which not all of us have that by nature necessarily. Um, not a lot of, of lawyers have that. What frustrations do you encounter? What do you run into in terms of trying to to maintain, you know, these these healthy boundaries? so that you can be fully present as a dad, husband, and fully engaged with, you know, especially as you're, you have a law, it's one thing if it's just you, but if you have other people yeah. that you are connecting with, they're depending on you, you're, you know, uh, you're part of an organization, it changes it a little bit, I would imagine. Growth, growth. Um, I did not anticipate that uh, growth would um, push me 
push my boundary. Yeah. And so I've had to push back against it. So I started working a four day work week during the pandemic. I said, what if I just did it? Yeah. And nothing bad happened. <laughs> nothing, literally nothing happened. Um, uh, and so that started melting away and I started okay. working into Fridays and then that started melting into, oh, some nights I worked till after my kids went to bed till 11 o'clock at night. And when you're out of alignment with your values, yeah. then you don't have fulfillment. That's yeah, well said. And so um, to me, it's that's been the challenge of even when you bring on team members yeah, um, who are open to working in a different way of, of not micromanaging, but encouraging them to adopt some of these things. So like the one attorney that joined us, he came from a very traditional law firm. And I was like, man, time block your schedule. He's like, I feel like I'm just running around all the place. I'm like, yeah, just block off a day to do all your drafting. Ooh, no client meetings, all drafting that day. Don't make any phone calls, nothing. Yeah. And he's done it now for the past three weeks. He said it's the best thing he's ever done. <laughs> and so it's it's one of those things like you got to practice what you preach. Yeah. And um, so that's one of the things is just like getting back into in this growth phase. Mm -hmm. And with, you know, uh, you have these different values and tenants and ways you live. And sometimes you have to break from it. And that's okay too. Right. That doesn't mean that's your new norm, but sometimes you got to work a little bit longer, but sure. you know, you can't let it then become the new norm. Well, you're being intentional about it as you go. You're saying this is a season. This is a matter. Yep. This is an event that demands more. It's kind of like travel. If you have to travel yep. for a case or for a presentation or something, you know, you have to adjust. Everything's not going to be the same because you are physically going elsewhere. You're going to, yep. you know, take your stuff. You're going to be focused differently. If you can take that same sort of mindset with, well, this isn't a travel out of town, but it is a very demanding presentation or a project or something. It is going to require something outside the norm, but let me, you know, figure out what that is and try to contain that instead of just letting it take all the time yeah. that it could. <laughs> yeah. And, and saying, you know, um, what about the situation or this current season of life or where I am personally or professionally, what do I enjoy about it? Yeah. What is fun? What is in alignment with my values and what am I okay with getting rid of? Yes. Um, so did and, you, I'm curious, did you, did you learn this in law school? Did you have a class in self-awareness at university of Illinois? That's cool. <laughs> It'd be cool. Law school. Cool. I, hey, I would teach it. We're um, working on it. We're working yeah, on it. I would teach this class. Um, yeah. But what, so, how would you say you developed some of this? Cause this gosh, is really I, robust and, 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 and highly mature, I would say, where, where do you feel like you developed this? Where did this come from? It's really, yeah. So it's a multitude of things. Um, one of them is I give credit to my wife. My wife is a yoga teacher. Okay. Um, she was a classroom teacher. She had a, degree, a master's degree in education, educational policy, and um, really invited in this like mindfulness self work. 
into my life when we met um of and i've always been a fairly introspective person um i like abstract thinking yeah i like uh i enjoy kind of the uh how do we interact why do we interact what's the purpose yeah (laughs) of all of this right 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 Um, being very intentional and, purposeful about them. Yeah, yeah and and it's you know kind of my perspective on time and events um that's why i just watched that movie you know everything everywhere all at once on my list yes it's amazing and you know um that informs it part of it has to do with the, the one firm i was at had coaching that was fundamental in yeah how I perceived and interacted with the practice of law. Um, some of it had to do with um, just how many attorneys I've interacted with. Yeah. Um, and I could see you, gosh, it's, you can so quickly see the attorney that is well, and it is really thriving mm. and the one who is not. And identified like the ones who were miserable felt like they had been robbed of choice. Interesting. And the ones who were thriving were in alignment with that. They got to choose. Okay. We're acting on that choice. And um, yeah, so it's just like this journey of, you know, even working with my father-in-law in his practice and seeing him retire and a person who said he would never retire. Yeah. In the beauty of how he evolved in his last really year of practice as, yeah. a, per- as a person was like, you know, there's more to this. I, I think it's just my experiences, probably my personality, the mentors or different people I've been able to interact yeah. with. Um, and the time I've spent kind of reflecting yeah um so it's conversations yeah so would you boil that down to like one of the main differences between lawyers that you've encountered who are thriving versus lawyers who don't appear to be thriving and we'll i want to ask you more about that second but is is the sense to uh, the sense the degree to which they feel like they have control that they can exercise over what they're doing and how they do it agency agency and all right let me i'm gonna ask you a weird question because we're two white guys talking about this um yeah what uh what would we what can people do uh i guess i I guess the question i'm trying to think about is does everybody have the ability to take agency to the same degree is that a matter of Mm -hmm. kind of the the amalgamation of or or allocation of privileges that we have or is there an agency that you're speaking of that that maybe is 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 gets you outside that somehow or we're privileged for sure <laughs> yeah um and if you have a law degree you are privileged to a degree that a lot of people aren't that's for sure too and some people are carrying you know different kinds of of baggage and and expectations and experiences yeah i think part of it has to is uh, structural, okay. how the legal system is designed. Yes. Um, is that it's not necessarily merit-based. 
Um, and it people bring into it. And this is one of the things that law school does a poor job of is people come in with their own traumas. Yes. And people come in with their own lived experiences that are all that are a multitude. Yes. And it's not homogenous. And what works for one, one pathway for one person does not work for another. Right. And um, there's, and, and, and that's part of what I was I, and looking back. One of my frustrations with law school is, you know, the on-campus recruiting process. And like you said earlier, oh, here's what you do. You get a job, you go to this kind of firm, blah, blah, blah. It's very one size fits all. It's very, this is what we can do kind of in mass and, and, and what is it happens at, you know, scale or, or whatever. And there was, you know, I felt like I was swimming completely against the grain. Like, I don't want to go work for a big firm. I want to find the five or six person law firms that are out there. How do I find them? And this was actually in the dawn of the, for me, the Westlaw uh, and, and Martin Del Hubble online age, doing, <laughs> yeah. doing it on a Mac in 1995, trying to like, oh, let's, let's see if I can boot up. When no one has websites, um, no. just maybe some directories. No. Um, Martin Del Hubble, thank God, happened to be online. Uh, and I could yeah. find some bios of lawyers in the towns I wanted to be in to say, hey, would you ever hire anybody? <laughs> Which, you know, if they were out there on a directory, maybe. Yeah, well, it was so, Mario Hubble. So that was it was they were they were still in, in mainly in the books, but they were starting to say, oh, we'll have a little presence. I don't think the lawyers yeah. are driving it. No, probably quite not. yet. So, yeah, I think it's um, people kind of go into uh law school or into the profession kind of um with a understanding that they won't have choice they won't be able to decide what kind of clients they have what kind of work that they do you know their life is really not theirs yeah i mean and they that, sort of they sort of condition you to say hey sign up this is what you signed up for you know yeah i mean if you don't like it too bad. This is yeah. this is it. And your client's needs come first and you come maybe not even second. Yeah. And, you know, um, so I think it it takes uh, a fundamental shift, like we were talking about, of so many things. Um, but it starts with informing attorneys like you do have a choice. And I think we're yeah. starting to see that. I mean, and I particularly, well, even, yeah, yeah, and, and we're starting to also recognize that law schools need to prepare people for a wider variety of potential settings in which they'll be, because that's the reality. Only fifteen percent of lawyers work in oh, massive yeah. law firms. I mean, it, oh, I know. We're, we're we're and and some of the law schools seem to just you know serve and cater to. Hey, this is what a, a success looks like. This is what you're going to do, <laughs> and it's just not yeah. you know the the reality for most people. But I got conditioned to that as well. You know, if you're not doing it this way and at one of these kind of firms, then who are you? Like, well, yeah, it's a shared misery. Yeah. It's a shared, shared misery is what is preached. Well, and I know some people who have, who have thrived. I I, I do know some people who have, have thrived in larger law oh, yeah. and have survived. Um, it's and, not at one, once again, yeah. big law. And this, I think this is the thing that irks me about this conversation. Big law is not the bad guy, right? You, you know, big law is not the big bad wolf who's going to come eat us. Okay. That serves a purpose too. 
right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, sure. Mc, Mc, McDonald's needs uh, a big law firm. Coverage everywhere. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's um, it's a different need set. And some attorneys, you know, to them, their value and what they thrive in and what they like is working 70, 80 hours a week. Right. That to them is meaningful. And that's, that's right. fine. That's not inherently bad. So, you know, I don't ascribe to that. Like big law is bad. Right. Right. It's it's a way of doing. You know. Okay. One way. Well. <laughs> so I want to be your book. Ask yes. Your I want to be mindful of your time. Uh, I think you've given me some good stuff. Um, I'm supposed to ask these questions in this formulaic fashion that I'm just you know wrestling with is not me. Um, I enjoy <laughs> this conversation a lot more. My book coach says ask these ten questions and ask them everybody. I'm like. So this has been much more fun. You and me are the same. This is why I was a creative writing major. It's like, here's a prompt. So I can take this anywhere. That's Um, right. I want to take the prompt and take it somewhere completely different. I actually want to be creative with it. And that's what I'm doing right now is like just iterating. um, And that's the fun thing. So, well, Chris, this is another thing you can't do in law, though. I've been talking with people about this recently because I'm, you know, as, as I'm writing a book, I'm like, I am a writer. I like turn to phrase all this stuff. And I'm I, I'm getting I have to get okay with writing you know the so-called shitty first draft and just write yeah. stuff as a lawyer when I'm writing as a lawyer I edit as I write I have yeah. this mentality of I have one shot to persuade <laughs> the other side and persuade yeah. the judge and it has to be perfect and yep. I realized it makes me slow as heck but when I'm doing a different kind of writing when I'm writing for marketing when I'm yeah. writing for a presentation when I'm writing what I want to write. Um, you'd spit it. I need to spit it all out because yep. if I, if I stay in write and edit mode, it takes forever. And I never am happy with anything until yep. it's perfect on the page and it takes forever. And what that's one good thing for my book coach, shout out to him is yeah. just dictate a bunch of stuff, get it all out there and, and, and later go into editing mode exactly. and edit separately. And it's, like, process. it's a process. It's a process. Genius. Yes. Yes. But it's, it's different from, I've never written legal briefs like that at all. It's like, I mean, I've done some, but it's typically I still censor and, and edit as I write. And oh, so because the time is compressed. Yes. Yes. That's part of it, too. Um, so uh, this has been delightful to talk to you, yeah. though. Um, and I want to stay in touch because one of the things yeah. I am trying to figure out is not just the book itself, but what do lawyers need to thrive? And quick bit of background. So my, my partner and I have done workshops. We've actually spoken for the Nebraska Bar uh, once or twice. One sure. of us has come there. Um, and we've done workshops on mental health and well-being, and a lot of these points that you're making, we have, you know, made for lawyers, but we've done it as a one-and-done workshop. We do a workshop, we speak, people are like, yeah, man, that's important, that's great, awesome, (laughs) and then we don't know what happens after that, and so we're trying Mm. to make the pivot into what would it look like? Are there ways we can work with people on an ongoing basis? And and number one, get free of having to worry about whether anybody gives CLE credit for it or not. Say, get CLE credit for something else. But this is this is this is going to be helpful in your practice. But it's not going to be CLE driven, and it's going to require you know hang with us for six eight weeks something like that. Because what we want to teach is these like like what you just said about agency and choice and and being your you know architect kind of of your own practice and recognizing that number one, there's some great stuff going on in design, just legal design thinking, all yep. that stuff. I can think of tons of people I'd love to connect you with that you're going to vibe with completely, but you can't just tell you just, you know, if I play that 
great segment for a bunch of people. They'll hear it and great. But but what they need is a, a lab, a chance to say, so so what would that look like? If I were to exercise more agency in my practice, how might I begin? And then they have a chance to go and do it and then come back and say, hey, how'd that go? Not so well. Okay, how do we do it differently? Hey, that went great. Great. How do we do more of it? You know? And so would you have any interest in contributing to being part of sort of this, oh, yeah. whatever it looks like, some kind of community of people who are journeying together to learn this stuff and to kind of bounce these ideas and to be supporting each other as they do it? Oh, yeah. That's unappealing? Okay. Oh, yeah. I, I, call, I call what I'm doing that we're in the lab. Yes. Like, yes. That's, I mean, it's literally what it is. It's like so, I'm just experimenting. Yes. So do you have like, is Newfangled set up separately from, you got Newfangled Legal LLC, that's separate from Patino King, right? Completely standalone. Okay. It's and just so, this thing that is there. Okay. It is, um, it is, can be, and this is kind of insane. It's like, I'm okay with using that for pretty much anything. If someone wants to partner with me to use it for something cool, it's all set up. It's got a website. Okay. It's got, it's got the ability to buy things from it, everything. What's it? Newfangledlegal.com? It's just newfangled.legal. Legal. I like it. Um, I'm, I'm going to check that out. And I probably <laughs> will send you some stuff to, uh, as we, the idea we've toyed with and we've sort of started setting the infrastructure for, we have the Thriving Large Podcast, which again, some all or some portion of this is just going to go on the driving large <laughs> well, podcast. This is this is great. I'm stuff. glad I'm totally branded wearing my beanie and everything. So this it's is good. awesome. Yeah. Um. And we're looking at developing something called the Thriving Lawyers Collective, which is basically super smart. Bringing people together. Yep. There'll be content. There'll be coaching, and there'll be an opportunity, most importantly, to connect with other people who are doing the same kinds of things, and maybe have some different pathways. Hey, here's a bunch of people who want to work on systems, you know, might be with it. That's not our bailiwick, but there might be other people who is, whose it is. Um, sure. and, and so there, there's a lot of uh, potential synergies with, with oh, stuff yeah. that you're doing. Uh, but the center of it all is, you know, how, how do we do this better for the sake of the clients and for the sake of us and being able to have longevity in practice? Yeah. The and, legal community. Well, wouldn't yeah. it be so, would it be so bad if we just made everyone a little, everyone a little bit better? Yes, yes, yes. And, and if and if we get comfortable with again, lawyers getting comfortable with iterate, test, yeah. fail. You know, hey, uh, you will fail again. It's okay, <laughs> yes. a lot. Next time. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Exactly. Well, and how much do you have going on? Just curious. Are you getting uh, kind of consulting and coaching clients? Is that starting to? No, or are you I, still kind I of have any, Yeah, I just I created that during the pandemic. Okay. Um, because I was like, uh, what? how do I take what I'm doing, what I love to do yeah, and provide that as a service. And so it's there. I haven't, because I've, here's the thing is like, I've had all these awesome opportunities, right? Like they're, right. they're all there. And this is what I'm in the process of figuring out is like, what do I let go? Yes. And one of the things I need to let go is what I said is substantive practice of law. Yes. Well, I need to need fire. To I need to fire myself. You know, and that's and that's easy. I'm laughing. Done. I'm laughing because I just did that. I basically, <laughs> I literally quit my own law firm, and yeah. I feel nuts, but yeah. I know it's the right thing. And this conversation has confirmed right. But I quit my own law yeah. firm because I'm like, I don't want to keep. I don't want to stay in the spin of substantive practice that I've been doing. 
I've been doing coaching, teaching, and training. That's where I belong. Exactly. But I had to quit. I had fired my employees and quit my <laughs> law firm. Yeah. And I'm like, this is nuts. Yeah. But it is, it, it's right. It's, it's, it's sort of a better alignment. Yeah. It, res- it, re- it resonates and bring. And so when I think about it, I'm like, oh yeah, it, it, yeah. it's the, it's the logical thing. So now it's like, how do I put that into action? I can, yeah. Because well, from a practical sense of my livelihood right now is my substantive practice. That's how I make right, money. Right, right, That's right. Um, and so I can't just leave that. Right. You can't kick it completely, but you no. can. Yeah. But you're, you, you're developing a machine that, that if yeah. the processes work, you, you define what your role is. Exactly. And it doesn't require you to be doing the one-on-one client work all the time. You're, and, but you're training, you're, you're going to be good at training other people and equipping them to do it really well. And there's value in that. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. and I've voiced it like my greatest contribution is not doing what I'm doing now. Yeah. Like me in doing this stuff, like that's client facing in the court, like with yeah. the court, it, that's not my greatest contribution to both the, our firm yeah. and my life and legal profession. So yeah, that's a good segue. So yeah, I, I'm happy to, this is awesome. I, I think uh, you and I, you know, this is fun. This it's, is, yeah, this oh, is, this, out, is so. this is so, so much even more than I expected. I knew it was yeah. going to be fun, but your, your energy and just the the vibe of having this conversation, I can't even, I mean, it's, it's, it's almost on a spiritual level. Like yeah. Yeah. I, I needed this. Yeah. Same. I've had, a, I've had, I've had probably the hardest week in practice I've had. Yeah. This okay. week, I, I got deposed yesterday for the first oh, time ever. Oh no, that and, sucks. I've been I've been there. In that, um, was horrible. It took me like six hours to like come down from that. Oh yeah, because you got somebody, because um, another lawyer asking you questions oh, and like, and so you're I had a like, hire a lawyer. Are you sure you want to do this? I had to hire a lawyer for the first time. Yes. The best are like, so we're gonna go through deposition. Oh. Like, you know about depositions. I'm like, no. I'm not living. Oh, because that wasn't you how you practice. That's right. I'm like, I don't know anything. So I'm like, luckily I hired an attorney because smart, you know. Oh yeah. I I know enough that you shouldn't represent yourself. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> so, but yeah, so this is this is exactly uh uh an energy filler. So yeah, let me know. Let me know. Um, I will, we I will. We we, we the 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 uh, the part of part of what's going on is my my partner and I, Michael Khan, he's a little little older and a little less tech savvy and also just not as much energy and like let's build a new thing. He's like, really? Yeah. I'm 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 kind of ready to not. <laughs> I'm like, that's cool, but some yeah. of us still have a, a while to go. Yeah. yeah. And so uh this is this has been helpful. I could I could really see you having some serious contributions to because we're trying to figure out okay, how do we structure this? We want it to be a collective, both in terms of the people coming together to be served, but also in terms of how we serve. I, I that's what I've been running into is I don't want to do the daggum thing all by myself because that's not fun and I don't work best that way. Um and if he doesn't want to do it, well, I need to find some other people who yeah. do. And so yeah. that's part of what this book tour conversation is helpful for as well, because a lot of people who are responding are like are you know, thought leader, coach type. I'm not getting a, I'm getting some responses from, hey, I'm an overwhelmed lawyer. Let me talk to you. It's more like, hey, <laughs> yeah. no, I like to help overwhelmed lawyers. I'm like, yeah, it's fun. okay, yeah. I'm paying attention to this. Okay. Uh-huh. 
Well, this awesome. has been great, Patrick. It's been yeah. a delight to get to know you. Thank you yeah, for your same. generosity with your time. Yeah, and no I think your model is, um, it, it, we're going to be seeing more of that because it resonates with so much else of what I'm hearing and, and, and seeing people talk about. Um, Gen Z attorneys. Wait Gen Z attorneys, they come. baby. What the, what, they're gonna, that's what I keep saying. It's like, this isn't for us. This is for what comes next. And I, yeah. I don't think we're ready. My sister, I, I have the benefit. I have a sister that's 13 years younger than me. Yeah. So she's like a super baby millennial kind of Gen Z. Yeah. Like they have no idea what is about to be unleashed on us because oh they all know technology. Yep. They're, they're like, we think like I'm a millennial native users. No way. They're like yeah. totally next level. They're value driven. Yes. They don't care about hierarchy. They don't no like, a, they don't like authority. Um, and they want flexibility because they've seen what happens because their parents are the younger boomers Absolutely. that worked their ass off and now are retiring with nothing. And some of our, right. And, the, and yeah. I've, I have college age kids yeah. or just yeah. out and they're yeah. like, so I'm a, I'm Gen X. And so yeah. they, they, they were raised by us and we were like, we're trying to be there for you and we're going to be in your life and all this stuff. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, it's a little too much y'all. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> We'll figure this out on the road. (laughs) Yeah, we got this. They're they're very self-sufficient group of people that like my sister's 23 has it more figured out than I do now. Yeah. Yeah. Like, how do you have this? How did this? We have the same parents. How did this happen? Well, and we thought, (laughs) I keep reminding myself too, I thought I had it figured out at 25 as well for what was going on then for what I knew. And so I have to also say, oh yeah, that's right. You're arrogant at that age. Because I was too. If I ran into my 25-year-old self, it would be a hilarious conversation. (laughs) What are you doing? What are you doing? (laughs) You're like, you have so much to learn, you arrogant little. little." (laughs) Yeah. You're naive. You don't know anything. So, okay, right, well, this has uh, been fun, yeah, Patrick. Yeah, we'll yeah. be talking again in some context. Sure. I may send you some stuff to look at and just bounce sure. some stuff off you and 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 yeah. see what we can do to, to 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 help each other along in this process. Because yeah. I think you've got great, you know, pioneering good thoughts, you know, to 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 help people think through. Well, thanks. I, I appreciate it. it. Well, bye. take care. Have a good one. All right, team, man. Bye. Yep. Bye.